Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the great Mike Pesca, and we discover that most of our listeners live inside reality television programs. You'll find out. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. Temperatures starting to cool off. For those of you that were concerned about me, my health, mm-hmm. and uh, my whether discomfort, or not, whether or not you were wearing long pants again. I am. I'm wearing. I'm wearing blue jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm feeling good. Sure. Have a heathered tee on. Yeah. Feeling good about that. Overall, I feel like I'm ready to take on the world, Jordan. I mean, you look ready. You look. You. I would say I would. I would characterize your state of readiness as cat-like. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're about to pounce. I'm pacing through tall grass. Sure, exactly. You know what I mean? I got the shoulder. You're very lithe. Got my shoulders. You're very lithe. Yeah. Yeah. Very sinuous. Sure. Sinuous, Jordan. <laughs> like it's back. Gymnast. Yeah, I'm real small, real Eastern European. (laughs) Tiny feet. (laughs) Real upset about my failures. Crying a lot. Um, Hey, let's bring our guest into the mix, shall we? Oh, wait. You've exercised away all your sex characteristics. (laughs) Sorry, we can introduce the guest now. Well, speaking of exercising away all your sex characteristics, (laughs) our guest on this week's... Our guest is an androgynous blob of humanity. Our, our guest on this week's program is uh, the sports reporter for National Public Radio. He is the co-host of the Slate podcast, Hang Up and Listen, also about the game of sport. Um, he is here in Los Angeles uh, guest hosting a uh, nationally syndicated program for the KCRW television radio network, um, Mr. Mike Pesca. Hi, Mike. Hello. And Jordan, thank you for mentioning the word humanity in relation to me. Oh, no problem. Because when you go blob of, uh, <laughs> blob of, you get a lot of direct. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you so when you go with humanity, you really yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you are. Your, huma- your humanity shines through you based on the fact that you have elements of no... humanity. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I would have said that you had elements of Cirque du Soleil's humanity. That's because of all the erotic dancing. <laughs> but I am not fellating myself at this moment, so <laughs> yeah. that would contradict that. <laughs> nice Heather T, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I have a Craig T. Nelson. Oh. It's not really something. No. Boo. Uh. He's been sa- Pesca's been saving that for the last four years that he hasn't been on Jordan Jesse. Uh. You know, I got this great Heather T. material. Wait, when was I... Pesca the first guest we ever had? I don't know, but well, Mike was on. Mike was our our field reporter okay. when we were settling the issue of uh, Shia LaBeouf or Boof Bonzer. Oh, okay. Um, or wasn't there a third Boof involved? I believe Boof from uh, the uh, that werewolf movie, the uh, Teen Wolf. Oh, the girl, the girl was Boof, wasn't she? <clears throat> no, that was no. not involved. Not you involved. may have tried to introduce that. Oh, that was on the. But other. If it went as smoothly yeah. as it went just now, then <laughs> it was, probably did. That was on work. the long version of George and Jesse Go, <laughs> <laughs> not this tight, <laughs> expurgated version you put forward. Yes. I feel like yeah, and that really speaks to like the early days of this show. It was mostly us talking about people who had funny names. Mm-hmm. I would call that our. Like, yeah, that was definitely our, our bedrock for a while. Yeah, until one, until one day you were accused of racism by one of the people with the funny name. Sure. Um, not unreasonably. As no, absolutely In retrospect. Not. No, it's, it's racist. <laughs> Clearly, we were only focused on funny names, but from an outsider's sure. perspective, it might perspective not, you can see. It might not be bigoted, but it's certainly racist. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's yes. racy. Yeah, yeah. At the very least. Sure. Just like Mike's zoomanity routine. <laughs> <laughs> His self-fellation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Fellation? great. It's Fellatio. great. You, Self-fellatio. You are not often in Los Angeles, Mike. How how are you How are you enjoying it? Well, a couple observations. One, the Tens, your friend. I sure. enjoy that particular stretch of road. Others well, not as good. Well, you're going to want to get on the Ten in the middle of the day. If you're trying to get on the Ten, if you're trying to get on the Ten in rush hours, you're going to get in trouble. 
Yeah. And the other thing is when you were saying about what the weather was like in L.A., that's a real amorphic concept. I, I don't think there's any other place in America where within 10 miles you get greater swings of temperature. Have you ever been to San Francisco, Mike? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of wind involved there. <laughs> I got to tell you, when growing up in San Francisco – I never under I like would be com- confused as to why people complained about how cold it was all the time in San Francisco. And I'm like, it's not cold that cold in San Francisco. <laughs> and then I would you would go to like the zoo or one of these places that's out in the avenues in San Francisco, out on the coast towards the ocean. And you'd be like, oh, shit, it's cold here. <laughs> and you're like, why do people live here when they could live in the middle where it's warm? And San Francisco is only like six miles across. Or is that where you learned, wait a minute, I lived in the hot barrio of San Francisco. Yeah, I lived in the spicy, <laughs> spicy neighborhood of San Francisco. Well, because in New York, here's a little radio uh, trick. In New York, when they do the weather and they say, you know, it's 78 in Oceanside and 74 in Garden City and 73 in Hohokus and 72. And they name <laughs> all the New York places. Sheboygan. Sheboygan, New York. I happen to... Guys, stop being racist. (laughs) I happen to know that uh, a lot of radio stations, they just have one temperature, and then they have a card that has a list of random list of towns and minus two, plus three, minus four. (laughs) It's all... it's It's just a fake way of saying we're reporting on your town. But here in Los Angeles versus Santa Monica versus, you know, the Valley. That stuff's really important. Yeah, it is. I know that um, the other day it was uh, the the forecast for Los Angeles is LAX, which is on the west side of Los Angeles. And it is – I live in Los Angeles. I live in the city of Los Angeles, but I live – at least 20 miles-ish from LAX. I live in the furthest place from LAX it could be. And so I kept looking at the weather forecast and seeing like 85. And looking at my weather forecast, it would be like 97. What a cruel world we live in. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I for, the, for the past couple months, have been working in Burbank, which is <laughs> – and I, and I fear we're treading upon that uh, – the territory we were almost at the other week where we were talking about various San Francisco bus stops. (laughs) So uh, I will make this brief. Um, That's okay. I'm going to be talking about different Tim Hortons coffee shops in Toronto in a moment. (laughs) Oh, really? Reviewing each one. Yeah, how's the water? Does it make the bagels better? I'd love to hear that story again. Um, Sorry. Um, Anyway, I like deep dish pizza. Yeah, right. Uh, so uh, So I was working in Burbank and the... I guess that was what you would call the valley. Yeah. Um, and the the summer heat, you know, in Hollywood versus the summer heat of the valley is the difference between being kind of uncomfortable and wanting to start a race war. <laughs> like, we, we're Just talking so about my racism. It was my a full-on Rahoa situation. Yeah, my racism has never been more intense than when I was super hot, like, walking to the Korean barbecue place in Burbank. And you were just racist against any race that came along, including whites. Yes, yeah, whites. Yeah. yeah. Dogs. Most, mostly whites. You, yeah. would, you, were, you were just trying to remember what countries your ancestors came from. Yeah. Having a hard time and just picking ones, countries that you were pretty sure none of your ancestors came from. Putting them on white people walking by and then hating them for that reason. Absolutely. You were you were so itching for a fight. You weren't just racist. You were phylumist. You were genesis. Yeah. Whatever it took. An invertebrate. Phylum periphera. Mm-hmm. If, there were, if a sea cucumber happened to mosey <laughs> by. Who are you looking at, urchin? <laughs> um, phylum barbacoa. That's that delicious Spanish beef. I hated that, too. Um, I really, though, in in all sincerity, the other day I drove past. For one thing, I went to Las Vegas for a week. It was cooler there than it was here. No, oh, dear. But I drove past one of those, you know, those kind of uh, thermometers that's on the side of a bank or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have one of those in my neighborhood on Figueroa Boulevard in Los Angeles. And I can't. I sincerely don't know what it's attached to. It may just be a public service thing. <laughs> like it's not attached to. Like right. it's next. It's next to a auto body repair place. Okay. So maybe that's what it is. There's also right next to it a vending machine, like a Coke vending machine that's in a cage that doesn't seem to be attached to anything. Like it's just on the side of the street, yeah. a cage, and it just says sodas. I feel like when cents. I go to that part of town, I think about a lot of the buildings that used to be a bank. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that used to be a bank, maybe two things before what they are now. So I could see that being attached to a bank that is just Now they sell produce out front. Yeah. Sure. That just, used to be a Howard Johnson's. That's a big one. Yeah. Very distinctive architecture. <laughs> yeah. House of pancakes. Yeah. Variety yeah. of types of plantains is what you can get at all of these places. You sure. can get 
uh, machos. You can get pequeños. There's a variety mm-hmm. of different plantains We're never, and bananas you can get. In 20 years, there's no way that used to be a Verizon store will ever enter the <laughs> vernacular or our thoughts. <laughs> there's no distinctive architecture. But big big thermometer on Figueroa. So it said 108 degrees. And I know that sometimes those sit in the sun, they get over-enthusiastic or something. <laughs> sure. But you know what? By the time it gets to 108 degrees, just fuck you. Everything in the world, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, I I went to Phoenix once, Mm -hmm. um, and I had to take the bus somewhere. And so I was standing outside waiting for the bus. It's 110 degrees. And you just just feel like you're dead. You just think this – it it separates you from reality. And you're just like – Fuck you, world. <laughs> but at least I was away from home because when that happens at home, you have nothing to go home to. You know what I sure. mean? You've torn out the center of yourself because at the center of yourself, it's 108 degrees and it makes you want to die. Temperature that high makes you start thinking about what should be the automatic bodily functions. Like you start thinking about <laughs> right. individual organs. I wonder how my liver is dealing with this. Your <laughs> lungs, the cilia within your body. And you start, I'm inhaling, I'm exhaling. I'm inhaling, I'm exhaling. I I should have a good, good long. So far. I should have a good long look at my stool. <laughs> really check out the consistency of the stool. The three C's. Anyway, we got Mike Pesca here. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse. The three C's. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Mike Pasca. Mike, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you very much for having me. It feels like I'm a guest on my favorite sports podcast, Hang Up and Listen, starring Mike Pesca. That's very nice of you to say. Would you like a trivia question? Yes. I'll give you this week's trivia question. We can great. figure this out. Yeah. What is the most common surname in the United States never to appear on the back of a Major League Baseball uniform? And I, oh. I don't I don't mean – it's not a trick question. It's like, oh, the Yankees don't have names on the back of the uniforms. That's, a, that's where I went immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, who's never played – Right. who plays for the San Francisco Giants and only plays at home or – because they only have names on their road jerseys. So, right. So this is a common surname. I think it's in the top 70 and th- and it's a surname of never a baseball player. That's terrible. We'll never guess this. Well, think about it. Think about what kind of surname it would be. Um, it would be like uh, Wait, let's ask, let's say, ask Jordan. Say one He's more time. Racist. Say well, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> been a Kim. There's already a Kim, right? What is the most common American surname? Okay. never to have belonged to a, a major league baseball player. It's got to be something. Is it something Jewish? No. Is it because those aren't that common? Is it? Yes. Is it it's Hispanic? It is not Hispanic because there are a lot, a lot of Latino of baseball players. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I bet yeah. the top. It's 50 something African American, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's really hard to distinguish the African Americans with the American Americans, thanks to our long and horrible history of slavery. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in a very sad sports trivia place. <laughs> is it something? Is it like? Is it like Irish? It's not like Irish Is it at all. mix no, something? No, 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 no. It even starts with what can be a silent letter. See, in the early days, in the 1800s, a lot of mix somethings in the world of baseball. Yeah, yeah. Give you a big hint. You're right. It's a certain ethnicity. Okay. And it's an ethnicity not usually associated with baseball. Oh, is it a woman? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's just chick. Um, actually, yeah. there have been a lot of chick baseball players, right? Chick Korea. Uh, my last uh, hint is this. Chick Korea? <laughs> oh, no. That's where you go to? Chick Korea and return to forever? All right. That was wrong. Um, Fusion jazz legend Chick Korea? <laughs> you call me out on my nonsense You words. didn't even go with Chick Hearn, a sports-related non-baseball yeah. chick? Um, yeah, or the Memphis chicks. <laughs> there have there has been a, a football player, a middle linebacker with this last name, and he was short, and he played for the Cowboys. Dude, that's not going to help us. No. No. Okay. I really only know – unless it's Jerry Rice. Unless it's uh, – I know some guys from like the early 90s San Francisco 49ers. So if you want to give me some trivia, it has to be Harry Sidney related. Yeah. Or Hacksaw Reynolds. Yeah, something – yeah. The answer is – Win, or possibly win. Oh. There's about 50-something on the list, and there's never been. How but is that, that spelled out? N-G-U-Y-E-N. Yeah, that's Yeah, it. My, my, oh. my best friend in junior high was Mike Nguyen. Does he play baseball? No. There you go. We played Street Fighter, though. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good at it. I was a little bit better. Is that one where you pick different characters? Yes. Okay, which was he? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't think we had character loyalties at that point. That's a thing. That's we a phrase that I should know. Character loyalties. We always play one character. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, we weren't playing at a very high – we just enjoyed it. We weren't trying to play at a high level or mm-hmm. anything. I read Although it, you could argue you couldn't play the game at a high level at that point because they, they hadn't updated it. Yeah, you Anyways. just massively – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, it was not a competitive joystick, yeah. game at that point. I read this morning an article in a major uh, American newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that Is there such a thing anymore? Uh, the one that prints all of the news that's fit okay. to print. Yeah. And it was about the composition of the Israeli baseball team in the World Baseball Classic, which is the essentially what happened is uh, Major League Baseball decided to create an alternative to the Olympics rather than allow their <laughs> players to play in the Olympics. And then they decided not to allow their players to play in the alternative to the Olympics. That right. they had created. That they had created. Okay. So, but the Olympics also responded by canceling baseball. So it was a really yeah. nice tit for tat. <laughs> yeah. And so basically the... Um, baseball players have too many sex characteristics. That's probably why. <laughs> so basically... Those, those big dicks coming out of those tight pants. Basically, there's this thing called the World Baseball Classic. There mm-hmm. is an American team that uh, plays, you know, uh, it's, it's a team composed of AAA superstars. Mm-hmm. So your 30-year-old minor league baseball players yeah. play on this team. Is this something like Jose Canseco would be in? No, he's a little bit too old. Okay. Um, but you're, you're looking at guys who... Guys who should not still be hanging around. That's the guys who make up these teams. So for, I'll give you an example. Uh-huh. It gets it gets deeper when you go to other countries, right? So the Canadian team, there are a fair number of Canadian baseball players, mm-hmm. but not a huge number. And so they end up with Stubby Clap uh, playing second base for them, a career AAA guy who's just the second baseman from Canada, happens to be called Stubby Clap. And when you get outside of the baseball places, Mm -hmm. so, you know, you can put together a pretty solid team for the Dominican Republic. You can put together a pretty solid team for a Venezuela, a Mexico, a Japan, a Korea, a Taiwan. These are all places where they play baseball. There's even a fair number of baseball players in Australia. Um, but even the Netherlands, where yeah, they play well, the, honk ball. Yeah, the Netherlands also. <laughs> uh, the Netherlands also bring in guys like uh, Andrew Jones, who was born in like the Netherlands Antilles or sure. something like was that. Was that it or Curacao? Curacao, I think maybe. Yeah, Curacao. Curacao. Yeah, and which is a Dutch protectorate. Oh, um, and they're doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> no one's taken over. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. one has yeah. invaded Curacao. <laughs> And um, they're afraid but, of the Dutch. But then you start getting to these European teams and they need Europe. I mean, the purpose of this whole thing is to expand baseball across the world. And there's more money in the first world. And so they want to make baseball more popular in Europe. So they need Europe and they end up putting these they end up trying to field teams from like Italy. The rule for the Italian team is do you have an Italian-sounding name, yep. as far uh, as I can tell? It's maybe one great-grandparent or a vowel at the end of your name, or do you really like Mike Piazza? Because that counts. Yeah. Right. And so, Are you swarthy, and do you have a mistress? Yeah. <laughs> so at this point... Can you name three that characters on The Sopranos? They, <laughs> so Israel has a national baseball team, but they're composed... There's one baseball field in all of Israel... And they decided when they had a discussion, they decided when they joined the World Baseball Classic that they would field a team of people who qualify for Israeli citizenship. Now, it just so happens that in order to qualify for Israeli citizenship, you just have to be Jewish. So they got all of the Jewish baseball players on the team. That's right. They (laughs) expanded their pool greatly. Including (laughs) several who are retired. (laughs) I will say their player coach is Sean Green, who was a star who retired a few years ago, was a star with the Dodgers, among other teams. And so they have this team of sort of semi-retired guys and et cetera. They've got like a Scott Radinsky taking time off from singing in his punk rock band, a Scott Sean Weiss, um, these kind of guys. But they also have a variety of minor league players who are legitimately Jewish. But then they have these sort of like what you would call what I would describe as stretch Jews. Mm-hmm. So there's websites that there are many more at this point Jewish sports fans than there are Jewish professional athletes. And, you know, there was a time when there were a lot, relative lot of Jewish professional athletes in the United States, but that time has come and gone. As contradicts the airplane uh, gag, would you like this pamphlet on famous Jewish athletes? Yes. There were, in fact, quite a exactly. few. Exactly. Yes. There were quite a fair number. And, you know, I think we all know that Woody Allen was a star high school basketball and baseball player. So, anyway, that having been settled, so they're getting to, like, people who did not even realize they had Jewish heritage. 
So they there are websites that say like called like uh, thatguy'sajew.com. Yeah. That list Jewish athletes and do research into this, unbeknownst to the Jewish athletes. And so this art this article is about how I mean, if you were invited to play on in the national team of Israel, you'd just say yes because what else are you doing, right? And so they it's like guys having to like go to their grandmother's synagogue <laughs> to try and get some documentation because it requires documentation. You can't just say I'm Jewish. Here's a here's a joke you could make about that baseball yeah. team. You could say, oh, oh, the Jewish baseball team. We don't have a third base coach. We have a third base analyst. <laughs> hey, good work. Thanks, guys. Good work. A little anti-Semitic, but not yeah, too bad. Yeah, a little bit. Not too bad. I know sort of warm-hearted. Or yeah, anti-analyst. If, really. if we were recording this in Burbank, yeah. it would just and, be and, shut up, big nose, but yeah. all, it was all I would have said. And I was going to say, and when you said the joke, you're doing the hook nose motion. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. The classic And I was doing the give me money finger rub. And you were davening. Yeah, yeah. And I was sucking blood from a baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't have a third base coach. In the they form have a of a third cat. Base I had taken analyst. the form of a cat. Sure. So anyway, moral of the story is I really want to be on this baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, number one, I'm not Jewish. I'm as goyish as they come. However, you know, I'm a sort of a vaguely intellectual. Yeah. I have dark hair, a big yeah. nose. Yeah. Jesse think, could qualify. Thorne could qualify. Yeah. There have been I, Jews named Jesse, both those things. Yeah, Jesse is an Old Testament name mm-hmm. uh, or a name sure. from the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. as I now say it, as because as I'm, I'm trying to get on this ball mm-hmm. club. And I think, but I don't think I could come up with the documentation. So my plan right now is to convince the Israeli baseball team, instead of looking for documentation, to go with another model. Which Just is, someone who's a little Jewy? <laughs> no. It's the model of this barnstorming baseball team. Uh, from the first half of the 20th century, end of the 19th century, called the House of David. Mm. So basically, there was this religious cult, um, a pseudo-Jewish religious cult, um, in the great era of American religious cults, uh, you know, the late 19th, early 20th century. And we're talking Oneida community. Yeah, this, the, exactly. Sure. We're talking about this exact type of situation. And Wasn't that weird how there was just a little bit where there were a bunch of cults? Yeah, I know. I yes. know. Not and enough cults these days. I agree. Yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> it's a huge, I would say Even, it's, a, you know who, it's an epidemic. You know who else complains about that? Cults. Cults yeah. complain about yeah. it. Cults are super bummed about uh, that situation. Yeah. So anyway. The uh, uh, attendance for ColtCon mm. has, uh, has plummeted. Right. Yeah. They're like, God, you can't find a good charismatic anything church these days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's talking about multi-culty, but not multi-cult. Yeah. So, no one's doing that sex where you just put your penis in the woman and let it sit for a while and then take it out without ejaculating. <laughs> no one's Jordan's, doing that. Jordan, by the way, has, work, has been working on the bylaws of his cult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're very with, specific. Started with 17 Wasn't that an Oneida oddly. community thing that you that could put may your have penis been. in and you just leave it for a while and then take it out and leave? And that like whatever be, happens, yeah. happens. Yeah. Like it's a gravity thing. So <laughs> the House of David, the House of David, their thing, the main qualification of this cult that begat the House of David was that they had this semi-pro barnstorming baseball team. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that How qualified How did they you, have sex? Did they Jordan, thrust or did I'm they trying just to talk leave about, it in? Jordan, I'm talking about a semi-pro baseball team. Okay, I I'm mean, sure they did it the traditional way with whatever <laughs> women they could find. Oh, right. So, but through for, a hole in a sheet because a sheet, they were Jews. Obviously. Yeah. So the thing about the House <laughs> of David team was – that they all claimed to be Jewish, mm-hmm. but what that meant was they grew four locks and giant beards. Ah. So they didn't cut their hair, mm-hmm. and they let I believe they all they mostly had long hair uh, overall, which was very exotic at the time, and they all had giant beards. And among their players were women wearing fake beards with real long hair. Wow. And so I would like to be on the Israeli baseball team if they're willing to if Go they're back willing to, to that sw- criteria. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the previous Jewish baseball team. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you know, there have been baseball teams with Jewish stars, but I mean a Jewish-themed baseball team. And if you could trace your lineage to that baseball team through your mother, yeah. then, you know, this mm-hmm. this Jew, this uh, Israeli— My great-grand-aunt, Babe Didrikson Zaharias— this Israeli baseball team is doing the stretch Jew thing to the extreme. I hear they invited Madeleine Albright to be on the team, mm-hmm. which is a bad idea and a, for a couple of reasons. She, well, she can't hit the curve is what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. Jordan. Yeah. She has – but I mean she has been working on her knuckler the mm-hmm. past 50 years. Yeah. 
it's uh you know it's basically thrown with actually the fingertips, not the knuckleball, mm-hmm. not the knuckles. A lot of people think it's thrown with the knuckles. Yeah. Instead of getting dunked with Gatorade, the coach gets dunked with Manischewitz. Thank you, third base analyst. I like third base analyst a little better. Digging that hole. We'll be back more. in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Pesca, guy sitting next to them. Hey, listen, we got some important stuff coming up, Jordan. Tons of important stuff. Uh, Number one, we have two live shows coming up. Yes. Uh, This Saturday, Mm -hmm. we are going to be at Riot LA in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. with special guest Kevin Allison from the the, State and the Risk podcast. This is the debut of this information. Yeah, this is going to be spectacular. Yeah. This is going to be a delight. We got the, come on, we got the redheaded gay from the State on our program. Yeah. Uh, from the famous sketch, the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay. Yeah, well, he's One also literally a redheaded gay, but yeah. I don't. You're right to clarify sure. that, given the amount of <laughs> racist, ironic bigotry yeah, that's yeah, gone yeah. on on this program. <laughs> um, so that's going to be tremendous. Then October, uh, uh, then October 11th and 12th, 12th and 13th, Friday and Saturday night, we've got International Waters and Jordan Jesse Go in San Francisco at the San Francisco Comedy and Burrito Festival. I know what you're thinking. Will there be burrito-themed material in the Jordan Jesse Go? <laughs> it seems impossible for the answer to be no. What about will any of the burritos be comedic? Well, I, I mean, I would say if you put lettuce in a burrito, that's tragic comic. Mm. Funny. What's a funny burrito? <sighs> Citrus with the rind left on. Joke's oh, on yeah. you. Instead of uh, instead of it being wrapped in foil. It's wrapped in the uh, the newspaper comics, and then we just read the Kathy comics out loud. That's good. That'd I'll tell you funny. what what is a funny burrito. My wife's father uh, did not know how to cook, still still doesn't know how to cook, and had to take care of my wife and her sister for a few years while uh, my mother-in-law was in night school and uh, had to cook dinner for them. And the rules were there, it, it had to be healthy, which meant there had to be a vegetable. And so once or twice a week... In, in real life, that actually isn't what the definition of healthy is. <laughs> the, the, it's beyond the, that. The definition, that was their definition. And once or twice a week, they would eat something uh, that he called a burrito. Mm-hmm. And this was something that my wife believed to be the definition of a burrito until she got mm. to high school. So until she was 15, I think she told me, is when she found out what a burrito actually is. It was a tortilla, refried beans... And sliced cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you start early on, you could redefine many concepts for children. He also... Like love. He also sure. told Have you guys ever seen that weird European movie, Dogtooth? This is like that. No, anyway, I haven't seen that. That's a movie where the kids are cut off from society and the parents gotcha. tell them that words mean different things. Gotcha. Uh, that's like an old Steve Martin joke. Mama Um Boom Day. That's a great joke to play on kids, he says, the first day of kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. And okay. then Dogtooth. The the other thing that uh, my father-in-law told my wife was that putting all of the f- – mixing up all of the food into one bowl and then everyone eats out of that bowl is eating European style. Mm. Uh, no, that's eating horse style or pig <laughs> style, I guess. I guess horse style would be if they strapped the bowl to their head. Pig style would be. We was also- your father-in-law calling Europeans pigs? Maybe yes. he's the racist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we've been trying. All show, we've been trying to find the racist. This God. is the theme to the show: find yeah. the racist. Who's the racist? Turns out it's your father-in-law. Turns we out. also have a really cool big day coming up. Yes. So we have we've added some new shows to the lineup. You may have noticed International Waters, The Memory Palace, a show that we have not yet announced yet. Not to put too fine a point on it, but an upcoming announcement, a very exciting upcoming announcement. Um, and, we, and, you know, uh, Throwing Shade is a recent addition sure. to the lineup. What we would love to do is raise some money for those folks to get paid. So we have created a special pledge drive. Now, I know what you're thinking. Big pledge drive. No. One day pledge drive. Max Fun Day. October 15th is Max Fun Day. We will all be working together to blow the shit 
out of the pledge drive that one day, Monday, October 15th. It's going to be amazing. We'll have more information about what's going to go down. Mark your calendar. But mark your saying. calendar for Max Fun Day, October Yeah, you've 15th. had enough time to recover from Burning Man. Yeah. This is, Would you say this is like Burning Man 2? This a, is like, well, I would say it's a combination of, and we put it in this part of the timeline, you know, on purpose. It's a combination of Burning Man and Thanksgiving. So okay. you get your whole family together, do some peyote. Sure. And just throw yams at each other. Right. That's Kuala Lumpur style. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like they do it in Kuala and Lumpur. And for dessert, fire hula hoops. Mm-hmm. But you actually have a really cool project that you're yeah. working on that I wanted to make sure that we mentioned on Jordan Jesse Go so nobody misses out. Uh, so Jesse, as you as you know, uh, I, I've I've been trying to uh, to to become a television writer uh, with with uh, I would say limited success. Yeah, I've had limited success. I You've think, had some successes, sure, some. Uh, but I think with with proper so I've been kind of writing proper television pilots for a while and kind of had a hard time getting them noticed by anyone. Um, Part of the problem, as I understand it, is sure. that these days your entertainment executive types. Yeah. Um, are so used to the, especially if there's no super, super famous people involved, they're so used to the it's always sunny in Philadelphia model where you just show them what you want to make. Exactly. That they they won't even, they'll barely even look at a script or something like that. So yeah. so It seems like a complicated way of covering up for the fact that those executives maybe possibly can't read. (laughs) That's also true. (laughs) Yes, illiteracy. Have you been pitching shows to R. Kelly, Jordan? I have. I've been pitching to R. Kelly and the character Chalky White for Board Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> um, so in the middle of your script, just give him a hoot hoot and a tweet tweet, and right. Kelly will be cool. Um, but go ahead. Tell me about your what you call okay, so, limited, so, what he calls some success. Yes. Oh, well, and I'll well, be the judge if it's limited. Or uh, some. Well, no, I, 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 it's kind of my big. I would like to work in scripted television. Mm-hmm, I'd mm-hmm. like to be like a staff writer on a TV show. And Jordan has been Jordan has been working successfully in television for five to ten years now. Yeah, so yeah. He's no, he's no failure. I don't want anyone to get sure. that idea. He's doing very well. But to make the jump from the sort of small to mid sized things that he's been doing to Writing for a scripted comedy television program, narrative show, that kind of thing. Yeah, So, but no, Jesse's totally right, is that like, yeah, just handing someone a script, especially if you're not a famous guy, is just not something that goes on anymore you need to have a yeah i mean i think you can it, there was a big story last week ellen uh ellen degeneres is producing a web series you know from this couple who just you know put a dashboard or dashboard camera on their car and did these funny sketches so you need to kind of have something they don't won't just read you know funny couple the script they have to see something on the internet about it right uh so i recently finished a script that i really 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 like it's called freelance beatdown uh, I think it's maybe my favorite thing that I've ever written, and mm-hmm. it was kind of uh, the premise is that it's a it's a guy who went to a um, like a boarding school for Jason Bourne types, like secret government killers, uh, and then he dropped out because he just wanted to smoke weed and start a band. But that now he's out of money as an adult, as kind of a washout thirty year old. He's out of money and has to do freelance. Uh, kind of black ops work to fund his layabout lifestyle. Okay, I'm on board. Uh, yeah, medical and I, marijuana and so forth. Yes, for yeah, for instance. Um, so yeah, so I it's it's something I really really like and I'm excited about. So I was thinking about what the best way to like present this was because it's definitely not something that I just want to sit in a drawer like so many of my other things. Uh, you know, I think it's like it's yeah, I, I genuinely think this one is like too special to just let sit around. Um, Just mail out with a note that says, please read. Yeah, please read. Give me money. Yeah. Um, but yeah Sincerely, Jordan. Yeah, and I think, I think kind of the thing that I like so much about it is that it is an, it is an action show that is also funny and has characters, which I think mm-hmm. that uh, as a guy who likes sci-fi and action, I don't think there's enough of on TV. I think that like when you watch an action show, you're like, oh, that was good. It would be better if it had some jokes or the characters had relationships to each other. Is it an hour long? <laughs> is it meant to be an hour long? Uh, yeah, there is an hour long version of it, the uh, thing that I am talking about will be a half hour. Okay. Uh, but yes, it is meant to be like an hour-long show like a X-Files or a Firefly or something like that. But it won't be – the half-hour version isn't what they did with Ally McBeal and turning it into Ally and adding a laugh track. Oh, I don't – I, I, I don't yeah, know I when do that I do remember happened. that. When they transformed okay. Ally McBeal into a sitcom by adding a laugh track and cutting it to half an hour. I will have the famous viral dancing baby. Gotcha. That that he is involved. He's he's attached. Uh, anyway, so what kind of what I'm doing with this kind of with hopes that it doesn't, you know, just go into the entertainment void is uh, I'm doing a staged reading of it. 
um, with some uh, very uh, some very awesome comedy people uh, who you might know from this podcast. I will announce their names later. Uh, they are awesome, though. Rest assured. Yes, I'll, I'll I'll say their names at the end of this to get people oh. repumped oh, up. That's the later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in nice. two minutes. Uh, so I'm doing this stage reading, and because it is an action show, it does have these kind of big action set pieces that I think are really important to the story. So I was thinking about what's the best way to get that across. Uh, and so the idea that I came up with is um, my buddy Chris Hastings, who draws the Dr. Oh, McNinja Dr. McNinja's comic. Chris Nay Hastings. Yeah, ba- Long-time basically, friend yeah. of Max Fun. I think maybe the first guy to ever mention Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson yep, in his Absolutely. In his um, One so, yeah. of the internet's most popular webcomics. Yeah, it's artists. it's definitely my favorite webcomic, and he's he's uh, he's a, a super awesome guy who I've become good friends with lately. Uh, so I want him to draw all the action scenes. So you'll see this staged reading, and then the action scene will be uh, this portrayed cool, via animatic. Yes, will be this cool comic drawn by Chris Hastings. So that is the plan. Uh, and kind of the little fundraiser thing that I'm doing is I'm just raising a little bit of money to pay Chris to draw the animatics and to pay the people who are going to shoot it and edit it. So, uh, I've got a little, a, I've got a little, um, fundraiser up, indiegogo.com slash freelance beatdown. Um, yeah, I think we're halfway to our goal as of right now. Um, but yeah, we've got some cool prizes, um, yeah, the cast is signing things. Chris is signing um, signing some prints and stuff like that. So he's contributing to the fundraiser that will pay him. Yes, a bit. yes, yes. Um, so yeah, and I think he genuinely he likes the project too. So I think he's we're we're kind of simpatico on on sensibilities. So um, so yeah, I think we're we're both super excited about it. So yeah, you go over to indiegogo.com uh, slash freelance beatdown. Here are some of the people that might sign your stuff uh, if. If you uh, if you donate, here are some of the cast people who Let's I have not it. mentioned. We got a Dave Holmes. Oh, Dave Holmes! Come on, number two from America's favorite "Want to Be a VJ" contest. Yes, the host of DVD on FX, mm-hmm. DVD on TV on FX. <laughs> yes, uh, Wilfred. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. We got a Colton Dunn from the Key and Peel show. Oh, this guy's tremendous. Colton Dunn's hilarious. He's hilarious. Uh, we got uh, Allison Becker, who hosted uh, the show with me when you were gone. She's on Parks yes. and Rec. Allison Becker is a delight. A delight. Uh, we got Allison Hayslip from the G4 television program. Very funny. Also been a guest on this show. Very talented. Um, God, who else? They're all great. Oh, Camille Nanjiani. Oh, come on. Camille Nanjiani, you give me a break. the lead. He's one I of know. the funniest guys. Got, and, uh, yeah, playing the, playing the lead in this thing is uh, Mr. Matt Bronger. Hey, Matt Bronger. Come on. You're talking about Matt Bronger from New Girl? Uh, no. Uh, from, uh, what's that NBC show? Oh, yeah. Uh, the other girl. The other thing that he's on, Up All Night. Is he also a new girl? No, he's on Up All Night. He's on Up All Night. I remember his character, but got oh, the Oh, but now that you mentioned wrong. it, like someone else girl. is going to be in it. My buddy Ian Wolterstorff, who, who is, is on New Girl. girl. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, everybody. You're a recurring character. Yeah. On Name new another girl. show. See if another cast member's on there. <laughs> uh, Wings. <laughs> Steven Weber, <laughs> not Weber. going to be Steven there. Steven Weber will not be there. Lowell, not involved. Mm. No, sir. Tony Shaloub, I wish. Oh, not Shaloub. Um, so, yeah, all those cool people will be there. They're signing stuff if you donate. So, yeah, go over there and look at it. I yeah. think it's fun. Maximum, Thanks, uh, go to Indiegogo.com slash Freelance Beatdown. Anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love, love, It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Pasco, third guy in the room. He is. He's the third man. Yeah. Woo. Not the racist. That's this whole, me. This I'm, whole, this yeah. whole show, we've been racist. trying to find the racist. Yeah. No, it's it's me. I'm, I'm, I'll cop to it. Oh. That might be a MacGuffin of racism. Oh, in yeah? The, in, the, in the third act I'm a kind of, a, I'm kind of I'm kind of a Maltese falcon of racism, mm-hmm. is what it you're turned saying. turned out, racism, yeah. you're the least racist. Oh. You were a sleeper cell. You were trying to suss out the racism in others. And then at the end, it was all a dream. Mm-hmm. By an autistic boy? Mm-hmm. Great. In a snow globe. Yeah. Solved. Wait, uh, Mike, is this something you've been you've been kind of researching on the side while we've been doing the podcast? You, we were someone used the phrase "Ides of March," and you were wondering how accurate that was. Someone said October fifteenth. Okay, and I said, "Oh, the Ides of October." Yeah, since the Ides of March is the fifteenth. Your right. concern now is that you may have misstated when the Ides of October are. I quickly said, "Let me look it up." I know that the Ides isn't always the fifteenth. It's not just synonymous with the fifteenth. Here's what I found. 
the Roman calendar, my favorite calendar, the Ides is a term used for the 15th days of March, May, July, and one other month. That other month being <gasps> October. The Ides of every other month is the 13th, except for February, which the Romans considered to be the devil's month, and they would not acknowledge its existence. Man, this is great. No, I made that February stuff up. What about St. Ides? That's the one where if you don't drink it, Ice Cube is angry with you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Yeah. Ice Cube? Yeah, Ice Cube is angry if huh. you don't drink St. Ides. That huh. was that that was that campaign that like the oh. the aggressive campaign that um who's the uh, Boston smoking a lot comic who looks Dennis way younger Leary. than he is. Yeah, yeah. He'd say, You drive this truck, you're an asshole. Remember that campaign? <laughs> are you good or it's sort of uh, like the are you good enough for grape nuts? I don't know. I'm fine without them. They kinda of stink to eat. No, grape nuts are great. But Love I'm not good nuts. I'm not good enough for them. I know. I know that's what they're problem. trying to do. I'm a little too savvy a kind That's of, why I, I got my my own show, and you're still guest hosting, Casca. No offense. Yeah, I'm good enough for grape. Sh- I'm good enough for grape nuts. Yeah. Mike, that's why I... you have a job, and I don't. Yeah. Uh, I barely qualify as good enough for St. Ives, or is it St. Ives? St. Ives, Ives. Yeah. yeah. Raisin Bran Crunch. Can you eat Raisin Bran Crunch? I barely qualify for Raisin Bran Crunch. Mm. Good enough for grape nuts. Minimal satisfier for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But more likely. Post raisin brand. Mm-hmm. Well, si- I believe uh-huh. since the last election, we live in a post raisin brand society. If I'm not, well, a lot of people say we're not post raisin brand. If I'm not mistaken, to get cinnamon to qualify for cinnamon toast crunch, you have to have three years of foreign language, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no joke. Okay, here's the secret. And thing. math through calculus, sign counts as a foreign language. Uh, it's a little bit of a. It's a little bit of a way. So around. you just watched a lot of say it with sign on PBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. When something momentous happens to our listeners, we ask that they call us at 206-984-4FUN for momentous occasions. We got Lindsay Pavlis on the boards today. She's ready to give us a funny dance. Good work. Give us one of these telephone calls, Lindsay. Jordan, Jesse, possible guest. This is Ezra in Alaska calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, This morning at 6 a.m., my girlfriend called me to have me come to the hospital. Of course, I was worried uh, when I got there and they led me to the maternity ward. Uh, let's just say we didn't know we were pregnant, but she just gave birth to my daughter, Sophia Piper. I made a life more powerful than ever. Thank you. Why didn't she know she was pregnant? Holy shit! Wow. Are people just calling us from the middle of various reality shows? Hello, this is Frank from Louisville. I just had my super sweet 16. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, this is Edna from New Jersey. I'm real and a housewife. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm going to guess a lot of bulky clothing up in Alaska. Wait, can I do one? Yeah. Uh, hi, this is Jeb from Oklahoma. I just reached into a river and pulled out a catfish. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Bulky clothing. <laughs> you guys just did one and it sounded fun, so I wanted yeah, to do one. Yeah. Hi, this is Stephen Washington. This is the Week in Review. Not really reality show. No, it's yeah, a nonfiction. Yeah. No, it's a nonfiction no, you know, it's show. Genre. So that's sure. the, so. How do you not notice? Maybe that's it. A lot of bulky clothing up. Yeah, there sure. All those coats, those those winter coats. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've never seen the show I'm Pregnant and I Didn't Know It, which I think is the name of that show. Yeah. I do not think that's the name of that show. Lindsay's shaking her head. Lindsay is absolutely contemptuous of the fact that I suggested it's called I'm Pregnant and I Didn't Know It. Pregnant and slutty. Is that I what it's called? I can't believe I'm pregnant? I'm a, is that what it's I'm called? I'm a pregnant slut. Is it called I Can't <laughs> Believe I'm Pregnant? I could... Ex- I- I didn't know I was pregnant, right? Yeah, it's called Whoops Baby. Yeah, there's not even there's not even an interesting thing. It's just, I didn't know I was pregnant. It's MTV's a show. Whoops Baby. Yeah. That's what it's called. MTV apostrophe. MTV's Lil Oopsie. Lizzie, are you going to tell us what it's called? It's. I didn't know I was pregnant? Yeah. When the concept's that shocking, the title can be a little on the nose. Sure. You know what? 
here's the I think the more the 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 key element of this is that we're getting a call from the dad. Mm-hmm. He's going to be there for the mom and this baby. That's great. That's what's important. That's terrific. You tell. know what I say? Every day is Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. Drove to the hospital at 6 a.m. That's some wisdom a wise man once said to me outside of Kaiser. <laughs> did you hear during the phone call, or maybe it was outside the studio, did you hear the sirens in the background as it was playing? I heard some sirens. I think that's a little good ambience. Do you think this is like a Raising Arizona type situation? Do <laughs> <laughs> you think I, he's on a baby feeding crime spree? <laughs> so what are the benefits of having the baby without even knowing, quote, we were pregnant? One, the guy doesn't say we were pregnant for like right. two months. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't so have to just say one, that. one utterance and that's it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess there's, you know, I guess the, the woman doesn't get to have showers and Things right. like that. Baby doesn't get to have her friends dote on her. Women, yeah. But, but that's, that's your something parents your woman... die of a heart attack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Heart attack parents. I think the doting that you make up for it and the guess what? I'm pregnant and here's my baby. A lot of doting right Yeah. Now. Sure. Yeah, you're you going to get, get a real tsunami. Tsunami. It's what we call it. Su- it's what we call a dote glut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a glut of doting. Yeah. Sure. D and G. Yeah. Um, oh, a d- well, lot of doting. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's. Cr- I guess I still don't understand how that. Ha- like, how do you? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what. Um, I didn't understand how it happened. And one day on This American Life, Ira was talking about how all of the everybody at the This American Life office loves to watch Whoops Baby, MTV's uh-huh. Whoops Baby. Yeah. And um, they talked to a lady from the show, and she explained how she didn't know that it was happening. Hmm. She was a little overweight, and she thought her stomach was upset. Huh. And she went in. I think at some point she used a home pregnancy test, and it came back negative. What about periods? Which can happen. Period stuff? Um, Best for us not to discuss. Yeah, that, let's, yeah. that's gross. Yeah, that's, that's gross. We yeah. should we should stay we should stay with uh, archaic forms of Judaism. Oh, yeah. okay. Archaic yeah, yeah. weird branches of Judaism, sure. just to stay and safe. Areas where our ignorance yeah. is not as appalling. Yeah, but fairly appalling. But you know, it doesn't cross the line. Well, areas where our appalling. ignorance is more. Our self-awareness of our ignorance is right. more apparent. Uh, sure, sure. Also, our ignorance matches up general society ignorance as opposed to a place where half of all people will go, you guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah, like what happened with me with Jim Tomei. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I have gotten some really spectacular updates on this Brazilian goods store. Okay. Not only is it still there. Oh, uh, like this is something for, that we discussed in the last uh, in the last episode. Uh, Jesse grew up around a store that sell, sold only Brazilian stuff, and then wondered how it sustained itself. Yeah. So here's what now, they sell. Now, to be there. clear and fill me in, you did not grow up in Sao Paulo. No, I did okay. not. I okay. grew up. Because that in, would make sense. Did I grow up in the Sao Paulo of San Francisco? <laughs> Maybe that's arguable. Okay. okay. You know, little this is, Sao Paulo story is near 24th and Valencia. This is a city of is, God situation. Yeah. yeah, sure. So yes, I grew up in San Francisco's favela, sure. uh, Valencia Gardens at 15th and Guerrero. Um, I uh, uh, this store opened when I was about 12, and it, I could never figure out what they were selling there. I found out. Number one, flip flops. Mm-hmm. Number two. Bathing suits with the Brazilian flag on it. Mm-hmm. Number three, Guarana soda pops. Oh, okay. That's it. That's all they sell there. Hmm. And phone well, cards. We actually, mean- a listener of ours called Heather linked, she, she, I believe she linked this on the discussion thread for the episode. She made a nice photo tour for us. Oh, that's of fun. Of the, those three things. <laughs> of those three things being on sale at, I believe it's called Mercado Brazil. Hmm. If I remember correctly. The Merchant of Brazil? Yeah, the Merchant of Brazil. <laughs> Speaking of anti-Semitism. Yes. Um, and, so, uh, and so I want to thank Heather and the other mm-hmm. folks. I predicted that we had some listeners who live nearby. Turns out six or eight. They went down. They checked it out. They verified that there's nothing for sale. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll go down there when they're up. We're up there for the burrito festival. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. Maybe we could get Heather to go back there and... If she goes and she says, I'm hungry, and then goes with her nose and sort of oh, rubs her finger across her nose. Oh, that's when she'll get the cocaine that's really sustaining that place. That's the actual thing that they sell at this store. 
my presumption. I'm nose hungry. I thought maybe it was actually a front for Argentinian goods. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> they sure. pull back the curtain. Mm-hmm. And That's where you sudden, get all the stuff from Chile. Yeah. Get some beef steaks. <laughs> right. yeah. And all of a sudden, the Pele posters become Diego Maradona. <laughs> and we know the real deal. Uh, sport, it's enjoyable. Next call. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, guests. Uh, just calling with a momentous occasion. Driving through a little town, and we saw a guy riding a motorcycle with a sidecar. Inside the sidecar was a dog with goggles on. Mm-hmm. That's all. Bye. Yeah. That's about as good as having a baby that you didn't mm-hmm. know you were pregnant. It's close. A big goggle real canine. close. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, really good. You don't good. want bugs to get in the dog's eyes. No. Oh, gee, that does also, sound Also, you fun. want to be hilarious. Can you imagine? What, a, what about... I just had a great idea. Sure. What if you had a motorcycle with a sidecar? You put a goat in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of, okay. <laughs> he wants to eat everything. Uh, Jesse, this is something I have, this is a store I have passed on the way over here. Yeah. Um, this is on Western, I believe. Sure. This is a store in in on a block with where all the stores have only Korean writing on them. Yes. Uh, there is, this store has only Korean writing. Yes. The one English phrase is Big Bear Farm, and in the window, (laughs) only pictures of goats. (laughs) What is this? Oh, this is even better than the Western Antler, the Great Western Antler Company. Oh, yeah. Um, Big Bear Farm, only pictures of goats? What are they, what is, what goes on? Do you think it's that a place where they do that, you know, the early radio industry in the United States was built up in significant part by a guy who was a quack doctor who put goat gonads into your gonads. Oh my! He Why is, would you want that? Because it gave you more. It made you more virile. Huh? It re, it it replaced. I didn't know goats were known for virility. <laughs> They're not. They're known for eating tin cans. Okay. But they. Um, That's funny. They yeah. They, they put goat balls into your balls, wow. and that was where Border Radio came from. So eventually, it became illegal for him to broadcast this in the United States. He moved south of the border. Among other things, Wolfman Jack got his start oh. on this wolf on this uh, goat gonad station. So Jim, you're saying Jim Rome to this day, right? On X. I mean, any all stations yeah. that begin with an X are Mexican radio stations. Yeah. Cut to MTV. Mexican radio on the air. Goat gonad. There's a direct line between the rise of MTV and the goat gonad guy. There you go. Wow. Wait, so I didn't follow what Pesca just said, but I'll agree with it because he Mark said it with conviction. Goodman had goat gonads <laughs> powering him. So this guy, this momentous occasion guy, I think we've dealt with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's fine. He's whatever. Not, not Next that call. Yeah. Have you not seen Big Bear Farm? Hi, Jordan. Jessica. This yeah. is Avi from Berkeley. Um, I'm calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, I, I was just uh, silently admonished for placing um, dishes on the floor of a uh, of a decent restaurant. I was having dinner with my wife at an Indian restaurant. Uh, they just kept bringing us plates. We had kind of a small table. Um, at, at one point, they were giving us separate plates with with individual large pieces of naan on it, and they just handed it to us, and I didn't know what to do. So I consolidated the plates, put the extras on the floor because I literally had no other place to put them, and a waiter rushed over, picked the plates up off the floor, and gave me just the nastiest look. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's looking back, now that I'm repeating it, it really should have been a moment of shame. (laughs) Um, All right, it feels good to get that off my chest. Mm. Interesting. Is that racist? Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is. No, I, I think Avi is really lucky to have escaped with just a silent admonishment. Yeah. Because, you know, to us, uh, the floor is a wacky place for a plate. But to many cultures, it is the ultimate mark of shame sure. to combine one's food with the floor or, I think, the left hand. You know what? Mm. If this had been an episode of Seinfeld or any project associated with Larry David... He would have gotten a stern and comical talking to by a broad ethnic stereotype for doing that. <laughs> but I just put it on the floor. 
floor, but you gave me too many plates. What am I supposed to do with it? It's not my fault. Yeah. Floor is not place for plates. <laughs> but floor, but floor is not place for plates. No, you don't understand. The table was too small. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good Jerry Seinfeld slash Larry David, by the way. <laughs> yeah. If you combine them both and then add a soupçon of Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. That's I just came to save the day and I put the plates <laughs> on the floor. Plates is not on the floor. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and that guy, that Indian guy, would be played by a real life Puerto Rican guy. I thought <laughs> I thought that the caller said I thought that the caller said Obviously. that it was an indie restaurant. Oh. Yeah. And so I was imagining yeah. a sort of Stephen Malkmus type yeah. situation. Oh yeah, where some yeah, yeah. some like guy John, some John guy in, yell from the mountain goes yeah. comes over. Some guy in suspenders yeah. and cowboy boots is glaring at you yeah. because you uh yeah, sure because Yeah, you, meanwhile the joke's on him because cover of Thurston Moore's next album called Plates on the Floor. Big visual of just this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Do we have one more call, Lindsay? She says maybe. What what does maybe mean? What what kind of producer are you, Lindsay? Lindsay, call me. Maybe. maybe. Mm. <sighs> Hi, Jordan, the guest. This is Rachel from Chicago. I'm a member of the Chicago Teachers Union and we just voted to strike for a better future for our children and a fair contract for our teachers. Twenty twelve, more powerful than ever. Hey. Solidarity forever. <laughs> Solidarity forever. We're not going to sing union songs. Why didn't you? I thought the whole doing, point of this. You were doing great. I, the union makes us strong. Womp, there it is. <laughs> no, not. Womp, we're a union. <laughs> no, you don't. we're not just creating union songs based on popular hits of the early 1990s. Isn't that what they did? No. The, no. Jesse, Doesn't the Joe it's, Hill trace his... The it in Womp, there it is, is equality. You know what? I think that you two <laughs> might be... I think you two might be ownership. I think you might be Pinkertons, private detectives oh, sent in to bust my skull. You know, I don't know why uh, our caller said she was striking for a better future and didn't also disclose she was striking for less strenuous evaluations, including what they eventually won. The the city minimum of only 30 percent of their evaluations will be based on test scores. I Actually, I do know why she didn't say that. <laughs> oh, looks like we do have a Pinkerton here. Uh, you know, I I like that we got a call from the front lines of like a national news story. That's right. Yeah. I thought that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. that's a first I, for us, isn't I'm, it? I think so. And I'm kind of disappointed that no one called us from the September secret... 11th. <laughs> I was going to say the oh, secret gosh. Mitt Romney dinner where he insulted everyone. Oh yeah, that would have been good too. <laughs> yeah, which was the the that was the September 11th of Mitt Romney. Yeah, right. Right. The uh, you know I should say that my sister is a teacher in Chicago and my brother-in-law is a teacher in Chicago and uh, I've been following this really closely. Now, have do you guys know anything? Have about you been writing them letters about <laughs> the error of their ways? Mm, uh, yeah. Dearest sister, as as always, your brother Wump. There it is. Um, <laughs> so we, that's how you sign all your letters, all your correspondence. You sign, dearest yeah, sister. Upside down and inside out. Mm. About to show all you folks what it's all about, for it's time to me to pick up my quill. As you know, I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> um, so here's the interesting thing. Do you know about the woman who's in charge of the Chicago Teachers Union? Have you ever seen, have you ever seen video clips of her? No. Okay. She's this 400, I think formerly 550-pound black woman <laughs> who, you know, the teachers will say we love her. She's the only one who could stand up to Rahm Emanuel, who's this, you know, 97-pound Jewish guy. And in a clip... And known they, for his profanity. Which is weird. How, how profane do you... You have to be if he's the American who's best known for his profanity. If you walked out on the street, people say fuck a lot. Anyway, <laughs> so Lewis, and now most of this information is based on this uh, tape that was leaked by this right wing hit site, but it is her words, um, you know, two minute clips of 
just I, I was I I was mesmerized and appalled at some of the things she was saying. She mocks Arnie Duncan's lisp, the Secretary of Education, who I even never even noticed had a lisp. She said if he went to a public school, he wouldn't have a lisp. She's like, I went to Dartmouth, no big deal. These guys went to Harvard. It's hard to get in, but they don't teach you anything. And like all the teachers whooped for this. They're whooping for wow. Harvard not teaching you. And then she says, you know, I smoked a lot of drugs in college. Oh, not supposed to say that. I guess the kids are there. I couldn't believe this woman, but she won. Hmm. She basically won. It looks like they're going to sign. I think it's cool to have smoked a lot of drugs in college. Yeah. And then to use it against Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, right. Who in college was, do you know what he did? A swearer. He was a ballet dancer. Crack dealer. Ballet oh, dancer. wow. Yeah, Crack cocaine. He dealt cocaine to all the other dancers. Now you're starting rumors to get a better contract for the Chicago teachers. That's not <laughs> right. I just love teachers. Solidarity forever. The teacher don't teach no more. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't that a, isn't that like a popular You're thinking of you're thinking of The Wall by Pink Floyd. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Pesca. So should I say that? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Please do. I would say yeah. it. The third wait, wait, man. Wait. I am Mike Pesca, so okay. Come on. Mike Pesca. This guy is a professional. This isn't some fucking Joe Schmo off the street that we brought in here to be a guest on our show. It's not some yeah, guy. This isn't some Chris Fairbanks. This isn't some guy that writes that writes for cable television award shows. Deep kid. Yeah. This guy is the real deal. This guy goes to the World Series for National Public Radio. This guy has been to the Super Bowl. This guy is hosted on the media. We're talking about a real professional here. He's friends with Boof Bonzer. I don't want to brag. World's Strongest Man competition, Wheeling, West Virginia. <laughs> Why do we even do this, Jordan? Yeah, we should probably quit. I've never been to that. Yeah, me All I've been to is the fucking Olympics that one time. That was pretty good. That was good. That the was Olympics good. of... Sports? Modern oh, pentathlon? <laughs> <laughs> Summer sports? Let's talk about, let's talk about uh, sponsors on this week's program. We should. Number one, let's say you're confused about what the Ides of March mean. Yes. <laughs> I would recommend visiting Ask Metafilter yeah. at ask.metafilter.com. You could rewind the podcast, but if sure. you wanted to do it on a website, you would go to ask.metafilter.com. We assume that at some point during listening to this program... You received a dramatic device-style blow to the head. Yeah. That has not allowed you to remember some of the stuff that we discussed earlier with Mike Pesca from National Public Radio. In that case, ask.metafilter.com is perfect for you. Also, you can use the code MAXFUN when you buy a ticket for the San Francisco Comedy and Burrito Festival. You should do that. You will get $5 off your tickets. They are giving. They are selling passes. You should go to a lot of shows. There are a lot of great performers performing. Matt Bronger is going to be there. Absolutely. Among others. It's going to be a real blast. Um, Bronger's hilarious, by the way. Have we mentioned how hilarious? He's never been on the show, so I don't think we've ever got to directly say. Has he really say, never been on the show? He should probably be on the we show. We should get Bronger in here. Yeah. Bronger's as good as it gets. Anyway, here's the moral of the story. Sure. You want to come to a comedy festival? You want to argue about what's better? Taquerias Pancho Villa or uh, El Farolito? The answer, by the way, is Alfarolito, but not the one you're thinking of, the one in the OMI. Oh. San Francisco Comedy and Burrito Festival. It's sfcomedyandburritofestival.com. We also have a Jumbotron message. This is to Benjo from Yoni. <laughs> Great. Those are funny names. <laughs> Despite what race they are, those are funny names. Here's, here's the message. Yeah. Lil Buddy and I wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. Oh. Buddy sends a kick, and I send a kiss to the best husband and proud papa to be. It's going to be an exhausting but exciting year, and I can't wait to spend it with you. I love you more than anything in the universe. Happy birthday to Benjo from Yoni. Oh. Isn't that sweet? He said a kick from Little Buddy. Do you think Little Buddy is their mule? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, but it's clear that she's pregnant, so she must be pregnant with a mule. Do you think yeah. he's a mule? If a if a and mule this, so this impregnates is, a woman, then the child is an a ass, donkey. right? It's a manky. 
Yeah. It just, <laughs> it just shows that Jordan Jesse Go listeners, both are the knowingly animals. pregnant and the unknowingly yeah, pregnant. Yeah, no, I think it seems are like. Are fertile. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Very fertile. Either way, these listeners be fucking. Right? <laughs> right, guys? They be getting down. Hey, speaking of the Jumbotron, uh, that's that's one of the gifts you can get if you donate to Freelance Beatdown. Yeah. Indiegogo.com slash Freelance Beatdown. Jumbotron messages. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Pasca, guy near them, but not in between them. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. That gives a good, I think, mental picture of the room. Mm -hmm. Can I, um, I just want to bring up this one thing that's been weighing heavily on me. Sticking in your craw? Weighing heavily on you. So, I'm not trying to brag, but from my home in Mount Washington... Mm -hmm. I drive down Pasadena Avenue here in Los Angeles to get here to Westlake, where we record our show. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about different bus stations in San Francisco. What? God, no. why? No. How did you get there? I don't. Okay. What are the temperatures of said bus stations? I don't yeah. want to talk about that. So um, this is sort of... Uh, this road, it it's partly residential, but partly it's sort of, I guess you would say, like light industrial. There's a lot of warehouses. Sure. So there's this warehouse that houses uh, a mixed martial arts gym. Mm -hmm. But it took me a long time to figure out that it was a mixed martial arts gym. Uh -huh. um, they put up some promotional signs that said, you know learn to fight yeah. or something. And I figured, oh, this is a mixed martial arts gym. I really had a hard time believing it was anything other than a dungeon. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you why I believed that. Um, the logo is an arm doing a flex, mm -hmm. which, let's face it, that could be anything. <laughs> sure. It's, it's actually baking soda. <laughs> yeah, an right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the name of this operation is... The Submission Factory. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah. How is that not a dungeon? How could... I bet that causes confusion. I bet they have people in uh, ball gags and leather corsets showing up. Just opening the door and going, wait, what? What? Or going, maybe it's actually or, woof, woof, woof. maybe it's actually a clever <laughs> gambit. Maybe there's plenty of people there willing to kick someone's ass. They just need people whose ass needs to be kicked. Oh, oh submission yeah. so submission this is like, so you your theory on this is that this is like the kind of dungeon where you have a mistress or whatever, but instead they're they're sort of getting it from both sides so to speak, sure. in that they are charging people for MMA lessons, but then their practice is people that they're charging for masochism. Right. Mm. Dungeon in the front door, MMA in the back door, and the two meet in the middle are never the wiser. Everyone scratches each other's back with a safe word. Right. I like that. Yeah. If that's not what this is, we should open that. I know, right? I think there's a market for it. Do you think that we could, do you think that there might be an undeveloped warehouse space near our gay bar? Oh, right. Yeah, they could go. What is the gay bar called? Oh, Mission Control? I don't remember what our gay bar was called. Dots or something like that. Yeah. Dorothy's? Door friend of Dorothy's? I think it was, might have just been called Dorothy's. Anyways. But yeah, I mean... we You should know that we're planning to open a gay bar that's all of the fun of clandestine homosexuality in the mid-1960s with none of the prejudice or violence against homosexuals. Mm -hmm. So the main rule is you have to wear a suit and... Anything can happen as long as it happens behind an open newspaper. Oh, we also had uh, preliminary plans for a 1950s NASA one, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, There's definitely an overlap between those two. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. no doubt a lot about of it. Guys with buzz cuts. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Skinny ties. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Talking about lunar modules landing. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe. that's euphemistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I think you should have to clarify the lunar module is my dick. Yeah. <laughs> and the surface of the moon is your anus. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, just I mean, got I guess... astrologically confused there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they talk about like you know, oh, what's the most popular client for a dominatrix? They it's do like, talk about that. They do on the some on some sides. Sure, do, yeah. you haven't been watching Washington Week in Review, Mike. <laughs> You're right. Gwen uh, Eiffel takes that show to weird places <laughs> sometimes. She goes there, you know, uh, and she's uh, she's a uh, veteran. She knows yep. how to get what she she's needs confident. out of it, you yep. know. And it, ultimately. You know, if David Brooks is willing to go there, David Brooks is willing to go there. If Mark Shields wants to talk about it, Mark Shields wants to talk about it. G-Go will go. Yeah. By the way, Mark Shields' safe word, cloture. (laughs) 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 I've said too much. Oh, fuck everything else we were going to say. Hey, Mike Pesca, sports reporter for NPR. Hang up and listen, which you can find at Slater in your iTunes. It's a really fun show. Um, Mike, thank you for joining us on the program. It was my pleasure. Thank you, fellas. 206-984-4FUN is our telephone number. JJGO at MaximumFun.org, our email address. Hit up Jordan's Indiegogo at Indiegogo.com slash Freelance Beatdown. We'll talk to you next week right here. Oh, our theme music. Love you yeah. by the Free Design, courtesy Thanks of the Free know. Design and Light in the Attic Records. Lindsay Pavlis on the boards. And Brian Fernandez on the edit. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. 